0: Non-binary persons, ladies and gentlemen, Versace and Versace. This podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. If you think you have a problem with gambling, please contact a Problem Gambling Hotline. They're experts and they can help. If you don't know how to find that information, if you don't know how to contact them, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will do our best to connect you with people who can help you. Everything I'm going to share with you today is based in facts and events that actually happen. Names and dates may be altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some items unrelated to outcomes are omitted because it would just be boring to tell you I won and lost the same amount of money at two different tables over the course of 20 minutes. It is, it's me, it's T-R-G, the Rambling Gambler, vested invested and for the first time ever completely unscripted. Welcome to episode 79 of our Casino Combat podcast. That's right, we're going to try it a little differently for this episode, folks. There's no script. We're just going to try it that way. I am literally just going to ramble about gambling and uh we will we will see how this all goes. Send me your feedback, let me know better, worse. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. If you love it, I'm glad I tried something different. We will see how this goes. So, what's the battle plan for this episode? What am I going to try to stick to, which should be more difficult than usual since I have no papers in front of me? Here's what I'm going to try to do I got a lot, a lot, a lot of crap stuff I want to share with you. And so we're going to do a segment about craps, and I guess because I like the intro noise better, the thing that T-Rex put together to kind of transition the segments, I like the Gambling with Gabriel sound better. So we'll do a Gambling with Gabriel, and I'll, I'll give you a lot of craps information there, catch you up on a few things, let me let you know what I'm doing. got a challenge I'm going to offer you, something that if you've got a casino close, you might really want to try then we will do a core concept segment got a couple quick things uh, related to having a rewards card which is one of our core concepts that i i want to talk to you about let's see what else oh results 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 i don't know we'll call it results we'll call it travel either way i'm going to tell you what's happened over the past couple weeks catch you up on what's been going on to start january here in in terms of of our results maybe some little observations anecdotes stories We'll, we'll fit in there. We'll see how that goes. And then we will, as we always do, finish up in the virtual VIP lounge. We'll have some sips. We'll have some stories. I have a, missed something interesting. I was uh, listening to Mrs. TRG tell her sister about our, our New Year's Eve Vegas trip and realized I missed a SIPs-related uh, thing that happened in the airport. So I'll share that with you just from a kind of travel observation point of view. And then there were a lot of uh, similarities, I guess, between this most recent Vegas trip to Mandalay Bay to see Terry Fader to do all of that and another trip that we took when the children were much younger and uh, some amusing things that happened with my youngest son who was very young at the time, the young squire. So we'll kind of have those stories and those sips when we get to the end in the virtual VIP lounge. Things have been quiet around the Casino Combat Galaxy this week, uh, week and a half, two weeks, and Guardian and the Jet have not checked in. So let's go ahead and do Gambling with Gabriel. Alright, excellent. I uh I, I do love I do love that card shuffle, dice throwing, firework going off, transitional sound that T-Rex has put together for that. That uh it's maybe my favorites. I, I wish we'd have done that earlier. I might have used it for some other segment. Although Gabriel certainly deserves it. If you're not up to speed, uh Gabriel is the angel messenger of Casino Combat. He is a very good friend that I met. At my local casino years ago, he existed uh, <laughs> as a friend, not as much as Gabriel, but as a friend well before I started this podcast. He informed a lot of the ideas here, and somewhere in this journey that uh, that he and I have been on of doing this podcast, he transitioned from blackjack, which is how we met, to being a craps player. Kind of pulled me into it. It's kind of become a it's kind of become a new quest for me in in many ways. Uh, did not expect it. It was not what this podcast was supposed to be about. Uh, it took me over twenty years to figure out how to consistently beat the beat blackjack. At least beat blackjack enough to exploit comp systems and 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 do all those other things that I talk about doing to enable myself to live a casino lifestyle. the The house advantage at craps is larger, almost no matter how you play it. That's true. But as a result. The points and the free imaginary tax-free money that comes with craps are are also much higher than blackjack. So it's becoming a useful tool in in the toolbox that uh, that we use in casinos. Mrs. Trg and I use in casinos. I guess the approach I'm taking to be completely open and candid is that it took me, as I said, you know, 20 years to figure out how to consistently beat blackjack. I'm I'm not there yet with craps. I think I may be getting close. But I kind of am trying to figure out the same thing and do it in less time. I'm not sure I have 20 more revolutions around the sun. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I think I'm smarter now. I think I know more. I have the internet. I have all of you. And so I've been kind of trying to work through this. So some things that didn't work. Um, I had some feedback way, way, way back that one of our regular listeners, uh, the, the Corporal of California Casino Combat Squad, shared with me that he had had some success using TRG Wagering System 1 as a don't pass better and if you're not familiar with craps when you bet on the don't pass line you're you're going to lose your money if a 7 or an 11 is rolled and you're going to win your bet if a, a 2 or 3 is rolled and if any number other than a 7 11 2 3 or 12 is rolled that becomes the point point. and then if a 7 is rolled before that number you get paid as a don't better And he had shared that using TRG, as I said, TRG Wagering System 1, which is a heavily martingaled strategy, that, that he had had success betting on the don't pass line. So I'd made a note when he shared that with me months ago that I wanted to try that. So I spent some time early in the month doing exactly that, going five levels deep in the martingale. And my local casino has $25 tables, so that was $25. And then if you lost, you bet $50. And then if you lost, you bet $100. And then if you lost, you bet $200. And if you lost, you bet $400. And that gets to be kind of large amounts of money. Right? And because you're at that point, you've bet $775 and you're hoping to get it all back plus your $25. And as many, many ideas about approaches to gambling go, this process worked incredibly well. Monday, day's pay. Tuesday, day's pay. Wednesday, day's pay. Thursday, stop to grab some free stuff and catch part of a day's pay and then head down to my home casino and... And it's going great, right? Because I've been winning, 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 no matter what. And then the first craps table at my home casino, I I, I, I lose that last bet and I've lost, um, you know, I've lost 800 bucks. Boom. Done. And so played some blackjack. Obviously, I'm getting in the travel segment a little bit here. This is what happens when we're unscripted, I guess. Uh, so we're getting a little travel now. Uh, played some blackjack. Played a little craps. Same way won some money, played craps again, got all the way to the negative exit point, and decided, okay, I've now kind of, I was at that very moment going, this experiment is basically break even. Roll all the tables together, and I basically won no money and lost no money doing this, and maybe I'll revisit it at some other point, but it was like, yeah, the risk reward here is bigger than I'm comfortable with, bigger than I'm really happy with. Let's consider this one a a, a failed experiment. And And I put that one aside. I wasn't completely happy with that. It wasn't completely where I wanted to go. So what I've been playing around with a lot, a lot, a lot lately is something that I'm going to lay out for you, and I'm calling it the TRG U6 to Win 6 Craps Challenge. That's how I'm framing it in my head. Now this is not a complete, consider this like a, a pre-beta version of something that might eventually become a full-blown Uh, casino combat approved TRG stamp of approval I've done it I've tested it it works I'm not sure it's quite there yet one of the core concepts and this is not core concepts but one of the core concepts is to win a small set amount of money and leave that's that's one of the core concepts and this system doesn't involve a lot of progressive wagering it doesn't involve a lot of pushing your bets up after you win it does involve a little bit of pushing your bets up when you lose, just a, a little small amount. So it's not completely aligned with all the core concepts yet, but it uses a lot of them. We figure out a bankroll. We have we know the wagers we're going to make. We know the house advantage. We know that it's offset at most places by the, the additional credits you're going to earn to move up in levels and status. So there's a bit of a trade-off between those two aspects there. And it relies heavily on the idea of winning a small set amount and leaving. So here's how here's how this all shakes out. Here's what I'm trying to do, and here's how I'm setting it up. Let's take this from the point of view of a $25 unit size. I know we usually use 10 but I'm doing this off the cuff. I'm doing this without doing the math ahead of me and laying everything out. And $25 is... The, the table limits I find most often at my local casino for craps, it's where I know the numbers and the math the best. So we're going to use a $25 unit size here. And, and my buy-in is $300, which is too much for what you need for this strategy. What you really need for this strategy, $25 table, we're going to bet sixes and eights. And sixes and eights require you to bet in units of six, increments of six, So a $25 table, we're going to be making two $30 bets. For our six bets, we're going to make uh, three bets on the six and eight. So that's 60, that's, I'm sorry, yeah, that's 60, that's another 60, that's 120, that's another 60 on top of that, that's 180. My local casino allows a bet called a fire bet that is a side bet that if if it happens, it pays a lot. So I like to make that bet. We need a little extra moving around money as you're going to see. There are a couple places where I uh, I do sometimes regressively bet push up after a loss. I buy in with 300. Realistically, if you skip the side bet, you, you can do it for less than that. You could do it with six units. That's the idea of the use six to win six challenge. And so it goes like this. Um, obviously, buy in, hand over my player's card, and wait for a new shooter. In fact, I generally recommend... It's, it's a piece of etiquette that doesn't get used as often as I think it should. I recommend you wait for a new shooter to buy in. Just find your spot at the rail and, and settle in and wait. But at the point where there's a new shooter, you are going to make no wagers, unless you're making that fireside bet wager, but you're going to make no other wagers and they're going to roll 7s and 11s and 2s and 3s and 12s and you're just going to wait for them to establish a point. And once a point is established uh, a disc that sits in on the table on each end and is black and says off will move to white and say on and it will be placed on a number. It's going to be placed on one of those numbers and then you are going to take sixty dollars from your rack from your from your play stack and you are gonna put that out on on the felt and you're gonna tell the dealer that you want a thirty dollar six and a thirty dollar eight and that's before the next dice roll is made and now here is one of the most important parts of this process of this challenge at this point every time the dice is rolled until the point is re-rolled you need to count the throws and I do that by starting with a closed fist, sitting on the rail, and every time the dice is thrown, I, I hold out another finger. So first roll, first finger, second roll, second finger. I'm, I'm going to keep track of every time the dice is rolled. If I get paid twice on any combination of the six or the eight, or if I have a situation where the dice have been thrown five times, Without the point being reestablished, and obviously without a seven being thrown, because that would be a loss. If I either win two bets in any combination or the dice are thrown five times, I tell the dealer, turn my bets off. That means I no longer have money at risk. And I am doing that. Because depending on what source you read, depending on where you check, depending on exactly how they do the math, the average number of rolls after a point is established before a roll of seven happens and the money is lost is between six and seven rolls. So I am going to try to win two bets and turn my bets off or watch the dice get rolled five times and turn my bets off because if a seven happens, those bets are lost. This is a very conservative approach. This is a very boring approach to some people. That's okay. It is try to win some money and then take your money out of risk before the seven inevitably shows up. So we walk through that, right? A point is established. The point is five. I have money on the six and the eight. A six is rolled. I get paid. A three is rolled. Nothing happens. A six is rolled. I get paid. My bets are off. nine, ten, nine seven player lost anybody that was on the pass line lost anybody that still had money on numbers lost anybody that was on don't pass got paid we're reset the puck is back to black the puck is back to off i've won two two bets i have lost no money other than maybe that side bet if i put five bucks out on the fire bet new shooter new point my bets are still out there in most casinos and now i tell the dealer to turn my bets back on and now we watch the point is 10 right why not point is 10 Roll one, not a six or an eight. Two, not a six or an eight. Three, not a six or an eight. Four, not a six or an eight. Five, not a six or an eight. Haven't won any money. Tell the dealer, turn my bets off. Another shot, another shot, a seven. New shooter. So, new shooter, they establish a point of six. That's fine. I tell the dealer to turn my bets back on. Doesn't bother me that the point is six. An eight is rolled, I get paid. A six is rolled, I get paid. The point was made. Bets are now all off. Unless you tell them to be on, dealer throws or player throws. Player throws a five. Five is the point. My bets are now back on. Dealer throws an eight. Wow, boy, tough to do this unscripted. <laughs> Shooter rolls an eight. I get paid. Shooter rolls a seven. I don't get paid, and I lose both bets. And there's another situation. I got to remember to come back and talk about that in a second. I really do. However, if I only lose one of the two bets, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get regressive. I'm not going to press my bets up. That's going to be fine. And I'm going to base that on how much money I have in the rack. In this example that I'm making up as I go, I've already won uh, several wagers. I'm not in any problems. I'm, I'm not in any risk. of am not getting to my goals here. So I'm just going to repeat the process. I'm just going to wait. Point's going to get established. I'm going to make a new set of bets on the six and eight at $30 in each. I'm going to continue to keep count. But what happens if it goes like this. This is the worst case scenario. This is what we don't want. You bet the six and the eight, a seven is immediately rolled. You just lost, in this case, $60. What I've been doing is I've then just been making the same bet again once another point is established. That's what I've been doing. If it happens again, and it does happen from time to time, and this is the worst case, as I said, same thing happened. Points four, you bet the six and the eight, shooter rolls a nine, shooter rolls a seven, you lost it all again. Now we're getting close to being out because the out point, this is the idea is make six bets and win six bets and leave. And then the negative exit is you lose six bets. That's the negative exit point for this uh, approach that I'm using. So in that case, where I make a bet on the six and eight and lose or lose one and then make another bet on the six and eight and immediately lose again and lose both, or if I lose both twice, then what I've been doing is the next time I bet the six and the eight, I kind of go up on each of them by half a unit. So instead of a $30.6 and a $30.8, I would have a $48.6 and a $48.8. Still going to have the same count, still going to have the same turn my bets off process with one little variation. So point is established. I bet a $48.6 and a $48.8. First roll doesn't pay me and is not a seven. Second roll is a six and it pays me. And now as I'm collecting my win... I'm going to tell the dealer, take my six and eight down. to. Th- they're going to give me the extra uh, $18 from each wager. I'll be back to a $30 six and a $30 eight. If I hit one more of those numbers, I'm going to turn them off. If I get to five rolls, I'm going to turn them off. If a point is made, I will turn them back on for the next point and repeat the process at $30. That's it in a nutshell, folks. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing I'm doing at Craps. And here is the most important part. And I found this out the hard way. It is relatively easy, statistically and from experience, relatively easy to win six bets. In this case, we're, we're looking to win um, 60, 60, 60, $180. It's relatively easy to do that. In fact, my number's a little bit lower than that. I'm actually trying to win more like... 100 to 150 and just get done. It happens relatively easy and you need to leave. You need to walk away and be happy with that because it's repeatable. This is back to that core concept of having the discipline to win a small, relatively speaking, set amount of money and walk away. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've reached that goal. I've, I've, I've won that reasonable amount of money. I've won that around six units and it's, it's easy. It's going well. And then the next thing I know, I've lost several times and I'm starting over. So that is one of the keys. This is one of the things you have to be is very disciplined to walk away with that. So it's either use six units and maybe just a little bit more rounding up. But conceptually, use six to win six or if you lose six, leave. So there's your positive exits. There's your negative exits. There's your kind of bookends to all of that. So where does this fit? Where does this strategy make sense? The biggest place that I am focused on with this strategy is my local casino. My local casino is, for all intents and purposes, fully back open. Doesn't have a national reward system with it. It's just a local place. Doesn't have a lot of amenities. Doesn't have a hotel. Doesn't have a spa. Doesn't have a pool. Doesn't have a golf course. Doesn't sponsor a lot of events. But it's very, very easy for me to get there. Very, very quick. I have clients in the area It's right by major highways. It's very easy to get in and out. Parking is free. Parking is convenient. So what I am using this for, and it doesn't work nearly as well. I mean, if you're like inner circle member Aussie Alba and you've got to drive four and a half, five hours to get to a casino, I'm not sure how useful this is other than just as a hit and run thing to just grab some cash. But where it is useful for me, as I said, my local casino quick and easy is I'm just trying to use this every day to pop in grab six units, and pop out. Just in, win, out, thanks for the money, rinse and repeat, I'll be back tomorrow, you'll be giving away something else free tomorrow, and I'll grab a little bit of cash tomorrow. You know, it's not a full day's pay. That's probably as close as you're ever (laughs) gonna get to what that number is for me. It's not a day's pay, it's less than a day's pay, but it's, it's a nice little addition that seems to be consistently repeatable often enough that, look, what would be great, right? Make five stops have it be successful four times, have it fail one time, and, and you're going to have the equivalent of three wins for every five tries. And and that works for me because, as I said, my local casino is very convenient, very easy. I set my own work schedule. I make my own hours. It's easy to carve out a block of time to do this, see some friends. Uh, so I've, I've been working on that. I've been having some success with it. If, if you have the opportunity, if the numbers work right for you, you know, I know a lot of places have a lot of regions. There are there are craps tables that you can get on for ten dollars, which means you'd be betting twelve. In this strategy, you'd be making a a twelve dollar bet on the six and a twelve dollar bet on the eight if your bankroll allows it and you can just pop in and do this. Or if you play online, you know that's another option. Some people are comfortable with that. Not exactly my first choice, but I know a lot of people do that and a lot of people like that. So if if you have those opportunities. You might want to give this a try. I'm having good success with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. My points are good. My comps are good. It's keeping my free bet elevated. I do sometimes occasionally then, if my schedule allows, have an easier time of it at at, uh, the blackjack table, right? Because now if I just get a modest win at the blackjack table, I'm at my day's pay number, very happy with my visit. And then I'm out the door and on to other things. There you go. A little bit of an update on TRG, craps, little bit of a Casino Combat Core Concepts angle there. Not a fully rounded strategy. Let's consider this a pre-beta to what might be eventually a, a future strategy that I'll fully endorse and approve. But that catches you up a little bit. We did a little, quote, gambling with Gabriel. And uh, after we have some transitional noise, I will see you on the other side. And we will do a Core Concepts segment. I'm not going to th- run through all of the core concepts, and I am going to remind you that concepts is spelled with a K, but I'm not going to run through all of them. One of the easiest ones of them, and what I want to talk about today, is have a rewards card for the places where you're playing every casino that i ever have ever encountered in recent memory has a reward system has a player's club they have some type of name on it they have labels and levels and tiers and it all comes down to they give you points they give you free tax-free imaginary money they track your play and then they give you stuff back based on a formula that's unique to each and every casino so while it's very easy to have a rewards card and it's very uh simple to use its purpose is to allow us to hustle comps and i don't mean hustle in a derogatory way it's kind of firmly established that if you're a good gambler and a lot of people are not but if you're a good gambler if you use the other core concepts if you keep your losses small if you let your wins run when they when they occur and and, and collect as much as you can there and you have discipline and focus the house will give away on a month-by-month basis, a tremendous amount of value. They will give you hotel rooms and meals and show tickets and all this other wonderful free stuff. They will give you free bets and match bets and free slot play and all these other things that you can take advantage of. And as you've been listening, or if you've been listening, you know that's a big part of where we get value and that's how we get to live that casino lifestyle. And that makes that side hustle work for us. So that little one short bit have a rewards card that's one of the core concepts, really represents all of the aspects of using and exploiting a casino's reward system. And the reason I want to talk about that just a little bit briefly today, just a little bit as part of episode 79, is that we are at the start of a new year. And for many, many, many brands, and not all of them, but for many brands, that means they are resetting their reward system. In most cases, it goes something like this. Whatever status you earned for the previous earning period, usually that's a year, sometimes that's six months, but whatever you earned level-wise, if you earned tier three, then you stay at tier three for the next earning period, but your tier points go back to zero. Usually your free imaginary money doesn't go back to zero. Usually it stays the same. But your, your points go back to zero, and you start earning status again to see what status you'll be for the following six months. So you could be tier four in a reward system, your points go back to zero for the next earning period. You stay at tier four. And during the next earning period, you only earn enough points to get to tier three. And so then you would drop down to tier three for the following earning period. So we're at that time of year. That's the kind of things that are going on. But something else is going on and and a good gambler is going to pay attention to it. A good gambler is going to be aware of it. And that thing is that often when the points go to zero and we reach the end of the earning period, particularly around the start of a new year, the rules of the reward system will change. MGM just changed theirs, made it a lot more difficult to earn status. Caesars changed theirs. They took away the five times tier credits for money spent on hotel rooms and food. They rearrange things. Sometimes they change the points required to get to a level. Sometimes they make it harder. Sometimes they make it easier. Sometimes they add benefits. Sometimes they take benefits away. I remember years and years ago when I was at the top tier in the Caesars system, one year the change was you got the best available room when you checked in. So not only was it comped, but if you showed up in Atlantic City, on a random cold rainy February Wednesday and told them that you would like your comp room and they had the presidential suite available their reward system said you got the presidential suite that was just the way that worked and that's the way it was set up the other really neat thing there was at that point when you arrived at the airport near any of their properties you got a limo to take you from the airport to the hotel It didn't matter if you had ever been to that casino or not. Didn't matter if you had ever gambled there or not. If you let them know you were coming in, if you were at that tier four, you were going to get a limo. And that lasted about a year. A year later, when the, when the earnings period renewed, everything reset and they announced the program for the following year, that benefit went away. You no longer got the best room available. You now got a room upgrade if available. At the hotel's discretion and the limo requirement went away and limos sometimes happened and sometimes didn't. It was just changes to the reward system. It changes every year and that's why I wanted to talk to you about this. That's why I wanted to bring it up. If you're a regular in any national reward system. And if you have one available to you, I encourage you to strongly consider making that your main thing, making that your main brand. But if you have one available, if you have a brand that you're deeply involved with, go to their website, go to their players club, whichever's more convenient for you and get a current copy or read a current copy of the program. See what's changed. See what's different. See what you can take advantage of. See if, in fact, they've rearranged things so there really isn't any value in a certain tier. Understand the program. Don't assume that what you knew was true last year is now true again. And let me circle back to that idea of a, a level no longer being worth earning. It's unfortunate when that happens, but it's a reality. And let me let me give you a great example of that. My local casino. There's uh four tiers technically there's five tiers technically there's a uh invite only tier that uh that they have that they limit to about the top 100 players the 100 biggest gamblers in their system Uh, i've known a couple people that got there i've never been anywhere close gabriel in my mind should get an invite he's never gotten an invite and he plays a lot bigger than me locally um so for all practical purposes there are four tiers and it used to be at tier three. You got free parking anytime you wanted it, free valet anytime you wanted it. Uh, they had a VIP lounge. You know I love me a good VIP lounge. But they had a VIP lounge. You got into that. There was some food every night. There were discounted drinks. There were better blackjack rules in that particular room uh, at a small little pit that they had in there. There were lines at the buffet, at the cages, at the the Players Club desk that were unique for members in that third and fourth tier. If they were doing a gift giveaway or something, they would have separate lines for those third and fourth tier guests so they could get whatever was being given away more quickly. And other than the line at the buffet and the parking, all that stuff has gone away. So tier three is questionable. Tier three is particularly questionable if you're over the age of 55 because if you're over the age of 55, Monday through Friday, if you show up at the parking garage before six, parking is still comped regardless of your level. You could be at the lowest tier. So a buffet line and parking if you're under 55, if you're over 55, really the only benefit is guaranteed free parking on Saturday and Sunday and the the buffet line being shorter, So tier three is really questionable, and tier four, the only thing you get is once a year, and my local system renews every six months. So every six months, you go to zero, and you have to earn status again. If you want to be tier four, you have to earn tier four again. And the only thing they give you that's, in my experience, unique and special at tier four is they, they give you money to go, uh, to pay for your airfare to Las Vegas, $750 for airfare to Las Vegas, and they comp some nights at the D. But they only do that once a year, even though you have to earn status every six months. So even when I was heavily gambling at, at my local casino, I would only try to hit the fourth tier once a year and then just kind of dial the gambling their way back if if it was the six months where I wasn't going to get the trip to Las Vegas because there really wasn't any additional value. And so that's what I'm suggesting. Look at a reward system. Look at how it's structured. See what's changed. See what you can take advantage of. And if you have plenty of choices, as I have, see if at some point you want to scroll back what you do with a particular brand if achieving the next tier isn't going to give you any additional value. And obviously, if you're just taking cash out on a regular basis, that's great. But I'm saying you don't necessarily, you, you may find that as you evaluate reward systems, as you look at what's changed, that for a particular brand, a particular level doesn't have any more value for you. And that's what I'm suggesting you look at. The other thing I want to mention is something that uh, Inner Circle member, our, our newest Inner Circle member, Equine Ensign mentioned to me, and it's something I know about. I don't know it well enough to describe it to you in detail, and I'm not going to try. I'm not the points guy. That's somebody else. He has his own website. He does his own thing. A brilliant individual, a great set of reporters, strongly encouraged and recommended. They're experts on reward system exploits, way more expert than I am. But one thing that that E2 mentioned to me, one thing that e squared mentioned to me was that there is a process, and a lot of people call it the reward system merry-go-round or the tier credit merry-go-round. If you Google it, I'm sure you will find plenty of great examples. But it kind of goes like this. See, Wyndham and... Caesars have a a hotel reward to casino reward relationship. And if you are at the third tier, that's the diamond tier in the Caesars system, you can match that to the Wyndham reward system. And if you're in the Wyndham reward system and you're at the third tier, you can match it to Caesars and automatically be at the diamond third tier. And if you have both of those, then you can match to, I think it's Hyatt, pretty sure it's Hyatt, you can match to Hyatt and be at their highest tier. And then if you're at the Hyatt high, highest tier, you can match to the MGM tier and get to the gold third tier in MGM. And then if you drop below level at any of those in February of the year, you can just take whichever one you're still the third tier in and rematch your way back through it and get right back to the third tier in all of those programs. And it's as I said, it's called the reward system merry-go-round or the tier credit merry-go-round If you're trying to keep status in all those, take a look at it. It's something you do need to kind of implement in February of each year. Another reason I kind of wanted to do this core concept segment today and and, and tell you some things to look at. So if you get a chance. Take a look at the reward systems you're in, see how they've changed, see what status you have, see what status you want to be going into the next earnings period. Lay out a strategy, lay out a plan, be aware of these things, be focused on these things. If the merry-go-round applies to you and the brands that you're involved with, take a look at getting ready to do that in February when it comes up. All things that we need to be aware of, all part of the core concepts of Casino Combat, and we are going to do travel next. Let's do travel next because I do have a couple kind of fun stories about some things that happened to Mrs. TRG and I over the last couple of weeks. So I'll get you all caught up on that after T Rex lights the fires and squeals the tires. <laughs> All right, is this more than I've bargained for yet? Not really, not really. So far, we'll see what your feedback is. So far, I'm pretty comfortable with this uh, trying this unscripted, but I also suspect that this travel piece may be the trickiest part of this. You see, normally when I do travel, I've got it all, re- all laid out for me. I've crunched the numbers, I've reviewed what happened, I've got the funny story laid out, I've got it all in front of me. And instead, what we're doing this week is... I'm just sitting here in front of the computer. I'm just sitting here in front of the Casino Combat computer in the Glorious Casino Combat studios, and I am gonna bring up my web browser, and I am going to bring up the results spreadsheet, and we are gonna go back through the last couple of weeks, the first couple of weeks of January 2022, and we are just gonna take a look at what happened to start the new year, to get things started, so what do we have here? We have a visit to my local casino, and they gave me free slot play for my birthday, and I won double what they gave me, a little more than double what they gave me. Nice little birthday present there. They also gave me a nice free bet and a parking comp. And as I've shared, that parking comp is important because parking is expensive because it's a downtown area. I I did the uh, I did the use uh, use six units to To win six units challenge and did that successfully. Won about a half day's pay. Also uh, was still doing that uh, that aggressive Martingale strategy. This was the first. This is the visit that had the first of those wins. A nice win there, which means you know the story already. You know what's coming eventually is uh, is is a loss the next day. Uh, sorry, this is where it gets to be a little bit uh, a little bit tougher. This is where it's going to get interesting. Next day, uh, stopped at the the slot parlor in town, and they also gave me uh, birthday free slot play on top of my regular free slot play. Things did not go particularly well. Won just a very small amount of money using uh, TRG slot strategy number one. The following day, oh, same day, same day, local casino again, in the middle of that that trial run at the, the full Martingale. craft's experiment was very successful. Left having won uh, a full day's pay. Returned the next day. Uh, got a very small amount of free slot play, but won almost exactly that amount playing that free slot play. Again, won a day's pay. Everything went well. Next day, stopped in. Once again, picked up picked up a parking comp, picked up a gift card, which was really the reason I went. I was in the area and wanted to pick up the gift card. Uh, it was a little tight on time, so I won about a third of a day's pay just to continue to test that system. And then it's off to my home casino, Casino 2 for an overnight. I had a room comp. I had a match bet. And things have been great, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even this Thursday after a quick stop at my local casino every time I play craps with this aggressive martingale strategy I'm winning money and winning money consistently so I, uh, I actually did the interview with um, Virginia casino player Doug and and did a little pre-gaming in the hotel and I'm walking in it's before just before dinner time. I am suited and booted. I've been winning constantly. I am feeling like a badass. I cannot wait to hit the craps table and win some more money. I got a little swagger going and wah, wah, wah. Craps table's empty. Nobody there. Craps table's completely empty. And I have been doing this crap strategy until this moment in time exclusively with other people throwing, with other people generating random numbers. I have not been... Throwing the dice myself, particularly, It's not the way I wanted to implement that strategy. So I found a craps, I found a blackjack table, and and took a loss. Uh, won some money playing slots with uh, you know TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos, which I will pause and remind you is available directly for download. Just go to the website. There is a Fred section. Fred is the podcast email bot that has been transformed into a document delivery portion of the webpage, but if you go to the Fred section, you can download my very short ebook on how I play slots, how we find that we win money almost every month. We have some losing months. We've talked about those. However, way more winning months than losing months, and the whole strategy is right there to be downloaded uh, on the website, Help Yourself. we got a variety of other materials there as well. So I won some money doing that, and then back to the craps table, and there's finally some people there. Huge loss. First loss, testing that strategy, which I've since stopped using, as I told you earlier when we were talking about this in the gambling with Gabriel segment, got smacked, got smacked really hard, lost the equivalent of like Monday and Tuesday's win relatively quickly, even ended up needing to throw because people were leaving. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to play out the system. I wanted to see how it was going to go. And I ended up throwing the the final losing uh, stake in my heart, just all outside numbers, fours and tens, no sixes and eights. I'd been close to my positive exit and, and ended up getting really smacked. Went and got some dinner. They were they were happy to comp me dinner, by which I mean I took some free tax-free imaginary money and, and bought a sandwich and a bottled water. Back to the craps table after dinner. Had a small win. Recovered a little bit. Took a little break. Played some blackjack. Had a nice uh, win, equal to about one day's pay. Back to the craps table. Got smacked again for two days' pay. Looked at the whole thing and went... As I told you earlier, okay, I'm about even. I think we've, on, on the craps piece, I think we're about even on the craps piece. Let's just, let's just put a stake in that strategy. Maybe we'll come back to it at some point, but that was kind of the end of that little experiment. The nice part about going to my home casino, this casino that's uh, part of the My Choice brand and is uh, about two and a half hours. East of our home. The nice thing about going there and going there on a Thursday is that on Friday, then I can go back down to the casino in the morning after a comped breakfast at the hotel. And I can pick up another match bet. I can pick up from free some free slot play. And once again on this visit free slot play. Very, very profitable. I, uh, I I won more using TRG slot Strategy 1 than, than they gave me in free slot play. Hit the blackjack table with the match bet, won almost a day's pay, and, uh, and headed out. And of course, that doesn't mean I'm done. No. ABC, always be casinoing. That's one of our casino wisdoms. I then went to my local casino, parking comp, Free bet. They gave me a Google Home Mini. That was part of the reason for making that visit. It was their uh, tier 3 appreciation day So they gave me a a Google Home Mini. It's one of those voice-activated kind of do what I ask, play music, give me the news kind of things and amazingly, Mrs. TRG just turned around and sold it almost immediately. So a gift we didn't need turned into cash once again This is a side hustle. This is about getting paid in a variety of ways by the casino. And in this way, the way we got paid was to take a gift we didn't need. That's a very popular thing that people want and turned around and sold it for cash. I uh, won just a little bit of money playing blackjack. Then a couple days later, Sunday, and this is one of our favorite ways to take advantage of our casino relationship. NFL was playing. The, the local sports team was, had an NFL game that was going to be going on. It's Sunday morning. We didn't have a whole lot going on as a couple. So down to the casino, we, we go. They, they comp our parking, which is, which is excellent. Um, they paid for brunch for both of us. I used a birthday comp for one brunch and then a standing every week. I can go to the buffet. And so we went to the buffet. They made us some wonderful omelettes. We had some excellent ice cream that's available, had a very nice brunch, really enjoyed it, did lose some money at the craps table, Mrs. TRG and I, uh, kind of using the same 6-8 strategy we've been messing around with in Las Vegas, and my notes say that the reason we lost that money is because I had a big martingale on a don't come bet, on a DC bet on the craps table that didn't pay. In fact, it's kind of this moment that led me to drop the the DC bet out of the process. And this is really the moment where I, I started to focus in on this use six units to win six units. Don't heavily progressive or regressive wager. That's kind of where this, this came from because Mrs. TRG's looked at me and said, It's the same as in Las Vegas when we lost. You make that bet, it doesn't work. You make it again, it doesn't work. You make it a third time, it doesn't work. And then we're out with a loss. I think you should stop making that bet. I took a small loss at the blackjack table. Mrs. TRG had an offsetting win at the blackjack table. We ended up taking just a minor loss on that visit when you rounded it all out because she did well and really helped us out with that. We also each picked up a gift card for uh, a local big box store, a, a, a perfectly fine visit. We, we did great um, on, the, on the comp side of things, on the benefit side of things, and, and and really left basically even for that visit, and we roll into a new week, and I lost some money playing a slot machine. Got my free bet again. Nice win at a blackjack table. Uh, this one was fun. This was a fun table because I got to my I got to my positive exit. I, I got to my point where I bought in with 10 units and I'd won 10 units. And I said, okay, if I lose three bets, three one-unit bets, or the equivalent in any way of three one-unit bets from doubles and splits, then I'm done and I'm out. And I played another almost two shoes with just those three chips And won the same amount of money again. Won another 10 units. Left with almost, not quite, but left with almost two days pay as a win there. And let's see what else we have here. Oh, got a parking comp on that visit. Was back later in the week. Free bet. And they were doing a really fun promo. It wasn't for a lot of money, but the way it works is this. Doing a really fun promo where they give you $5 of free slot play guaranteed and then you play Casino War with that, quote, $5. So they give you a card, and the house gets a card, and if your house card is higher, larger, taller, whatever words you want to use, if mathematically you have the higher card, then they double the free slot play that they've given you. And if, by chance, you and the dealer both have the same card, then you play Casino War, and they do the two cards down, one card up thing. And if you win that, then they triple your free slot play. So they gave me a little free slot play. I ran it through the slot machine. Uh, Gabriel and I were actually just joking about this because he goes, he plays, and then the slot play isn't enough, and then he doesn't play the slot play. And I, he's like, I know, I know, TRG, Casino Wisdom, blah, 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 blah. I was like, it's free money. It's actually casino wisdom number 22, by the way, Gabriel. But it's free money. You're just, you're losing out on money that you could use to buy a drink. And that's kind of what I want. Enough money to pay for my first drink. Also won some money at Blackjack. Lost some money at Blackjack. Lost some money playing slots. And then rolled into the following day with another parking comp uh gift card to my uh local grocery store yuck oh absolutely yuck i forgot about this day yeah three losing blackjack tables including a losing blackjack table uh with uh, a, a one step meta martingale and i finally just decided i had enough and walked away from blackjack did have a win doing uh did have a win doing the u6 to win 6 approach to offset some of that and then went to my uh, the local casino that just has the slot parlor and the horse track, and did the th- thing that you've seen me do multiple times. We've talked about it. I do this you know, almost once a week. They give me free money to play the slots. I walk in on the way to or from a client. They pay for my lunch. And in this case, uh, won almost three times what they gave me in free slot play in cash. So uh, over a third of the day's pay. So think about that. If you had this available to you, if you could implement this strategy. You're driving home from work or you're driving home from seeing a family member or whatever takes you by the casino once a week. You stop in. You haven't gone very far out of your way. They give you a free meal. They give you some money. You run it through the slot machine, and you get the equivalent of a third of a day's pay. Not bad. I'm really happy with And I followed that up with a stop at my local full-service casino. More free slot play. More free cash. Another parking comp. Another free bet, a nice blackjack win, a nice U6 to win six craps win. And I followed that up with one more visit to finish out the week, to kind of finish out this segment of, uh, oh, wait, no, sorry about that. So then what we've got going on is we had a big family party going on uh, in my wife's hometown, which is about two hours west of us. Quick drive, a little less than two hours, actually, to a big family event. On Sunday, we had a 90th birthday party for my for my mother-in-law with, with a variety of friends and family, and this casino in the area doesn't have a hotel, and my birthday was coming up a few days after the weekend. So Mrs. TRG said, even though they don't have a hotel, why don't we find a hotel, go in, go in the night before the party, celebrate your birthday there a little bit, and then do the party for mom, and then since we don't know how late that's going to go, spend the night. We can do a little casinoing that evening if things allow, and we'll just make kind of a long weekend out of it because she had Monday off because it's Martin Luther King Day, and so we just made a a weekend of it over there, and we didn't count the hotel cost as a casino cost because it was really more a, a family trip. So that, that all worked out. The nice part was even though we didn't consider it a casino trip and even though the casino in question doesn't have a hotel, they did have what they called partner hotels and we did get a really nice discount on a really nice hotel room not that far from the casino and I had great free bets. They gave me two different free bets on on Friday that uh, were part of various promotions, but very nice, almost 50% larger than what I get at my local casino. We uh, we played some blackjack and, and both had a win. We played some blackjack and both had a loss. We played some craps together as a team with Mrs. TRG taking taking the six and me taking the eight. And I threw, this, this craps table has a different side bet. This craps table has what's called an all-tall-small. They call it the craps bonus bet. And the way that works is the all bet is a bet that the shooter will hit every number other than the 7 before they hit the 7. The small bet is a bet that the the shooter will throw all the numbers below 7 before they throw a 7. And the tall bet is a bet that they will throw all the numbers above 7 before they throw the 7. And every time a 7 is thrown, all those bets are lost. So, kind of very interesting. As I said, Mrs. TRG and I were playing kind of as a team, splitting up the, the roles in the system at that point. And she throws before me. She doesn't throw very often. She throws very hard with a bit of an underhand delivery. So, she slams the dice down the table, and one of them goes off the table, right past the shoulder of Captain Buzzcut. Older guy, obviously a regular had the highest tier card, bought in for thousands of dollars. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew him by name. Obviously a fixture at the craps tables. And as I said, the dice goes right by the shoulder of Captain Buzzcut, and he's not particularly happy. And Mrs. TRG gets the dice back, and she does the same thing again. And he's just shooting her daggers, and Mrs. TRG just holds up her two fingers, points at her eyes, points at him. She's not having any of it. She is fired up. She's giving him dagger stares. She's giving him death stares. And then she continues to hold the dice for a good, I don't know, 30 minutes maybe? 20, 30 minutes. And she throws a small, all the numbers below a 7 before she throws a 7. We weren't on that bet. But that bet pays, uh, let me remember, 75 to 1. So people that had a dollar out there got 75 bucks. There were some people with with 5 and $10 out there you know, nice payouts, nice payouts for them. So the dice come to me and I'm throwing because other than, you know, Captain Buzzcut and us, there's only one or two other players and one of them's a don't better. So I throw and I throw the dice for uh, probably approaching an hour and I throw an all tall and small and made Captain Buzzcut. Uh, That pays 30 to one. There were people that were getting $1,500 payouts and more, made people thousands of dollars, Actually, one of them was nice enough to tip me a little bit, throw me a few chips, which is more of a craps thing. I'm not something I've seen a lot of other places. From the point of view of why we were there, from the point of view of why we were at the casino, from the point of view of celebrating my birthday, getting some reward points and everything else, that that first night, that Saturday night was a nice little visit. Mrs. TRG made some money. I made some money. Uh... We, we, we left the casino and we went back to the hotel room and we were joking around and we were looking at the numbers and I said, do you know how much we won tonight? And She goes, well, I think it was about this much. And I said, okay, well, I was paying for the drinks and making the tips. Do you know how much we, we paid for drinks and tips? And she goes, oh, not really. And I said, well, about as much as we won. So... We covered our expenses with that visit. That was fine. Family party was fine. We go back to the casino the next night. We uh, we win a little money playing blackjack. We lose a little money playing blackjack. We we decide that we'll go back and hit the craps table, mostly for points and mostly just to hang out because it's early and the, the blackjack tables were kind of filling up with morons. Um, and <laughs> that is derogatory. They were morons. Sorry about that. Uh, and so we go back to the craps table and, and and there's not a lot of people around, but we recognize some of the dealers, and we're just hanging out and having drinks and and watching some football on TV. The playoffs are on, and who comes back and slides into the right of Mrs. Drg, but Captain Buzzcut, and he he looks at her and he says, "So you still mad at me?" And she goes, "I'm not mad at you." I just kind of think you're an asshole. <laughs> he laughed. So, you know, we didn't we didn't have to bring out the always carry defense because you always carry cash. He laughed. And I said, you should be pretty happy with her. I said, you really should be. Weren't you on the small when she threw the small? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, it was fine. She was just a little out of control and fiery there. He goes, but no, it was fine. She made me some money. And I said, I made you a lot of money. He goes, I heard you threw an all tall small. He goes, I actually went to dinner. I missed that. And I said, oh, I thought you were still around. I thought I made you money on that one, too. And he goes, no, 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 I, I missed that one. But we were all fine. We were, we were all good. In fact, at one point, I threw a tall, and I only needed the three to have an all tall and small. And he looks at Mrs. TRG, and he says, you know, if he throws this three, are you going to get mad at me again if I kiss him? And Mrs. TRG doesn't miss a beat. She just looks at him, and she goes, that's between you and him, so I'm not going to get mad if he kisses you, and I'm not going to, certainly not going to be mad at you. So we had a wonderful evening at the at the uh, at the craps table, uh, hanging out with Captain Buzzcut and and watching football. We ended up winning some money. we met our win goals and got done and got out. So the next day is Martin Luther King Day. It's the start of the casino week, so they're giving out a bonus for MLK Day, and I have the. I have a a free bet for that. I have a free bet to, uh, to go with that because it's the start of the new week. So we got out of the hotel early and made a, a a third morning stop at this My Choice property two hours west of our house and, and took advantage of, took advantage of those free bets and same free bets we'd had on Friday and had a very nice win at the, the blackjack table where Saturday night and Sunday night, we basically won enough. To cover our our costs we know it was a, a a small win after expenses we had a really nice win at the blackjack table both myself and mrs trg and while we didn't consider the hotel costs part of the cost of the trip we did win enough on that final day to have covered those costs if we needed to and so we came home and there'd been a huge snowstorm we had to shovel our way out and uh we we shoveled our way out of the snowstorm and Mrs. TRG said she was gonna take a nap. And I said, Yeah, I understood that. And she goes, But you're gonna go gamble. And I said, you know, I am, only because I have a big free bet that's gonna expire, and I have a uh, gift card for the local big box store, and I see no reason not to go down and 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 pick that up and, and get those things. If you're gonna take a nap. and and I'm wide awake. I'm just going to go run down and do that real quick, and it was a bad choice, folks. It was really a a, a bad choice because there was an NBA basketball game going on for MLK Day, and the parking garage was a crazy mess trying to find a place to park, and I picked up my gift card, and I was just going to do the Win six with six. Use six to win six strategy at the craps table. And it didn't go well to begin with. And then it started to pick up a little bit. And then the the basketball game finished up. And the casino filled up with people who were not regular gamblers. In fact, a guy comes in beside me. And he's just trashed. He is just absolutely trashed. In fact, he looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry. I was at the game. I've been drinking. And I said... I'm sorry, I was not at the game, and I have not been drinking. and he he could not follow directions from the from the dealers. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't really know what game he was playing or where he was. So we have all these intoxicated people, and I'm only down like three of the six bets, and I tried and tried and tried and tried and, tried and up a little down a little, ended up losing the six bets. It's one of the few times since I've started playing that way that that's happened. And lost some money on a slot machine, and was actually now late to get home and have dinner with Mrs. TRG. So ultimately, I finished the day kind of having lost, not quite all, but kind of having lost what we had, uh, what we had had won over the, the course of the morning. So, where did that all end up? We're at the middle of the month of January, and ultimately, through all of that, we ended up just a little over three days pay and had virtually no expenses other than cocktails. So uh, profits after loss of about three days pay. Great way to start the, the month, a very fun trip as a couple. And we got to meet Captain Buzzcut and have some unique experiences on the dice tables, throwing things around. Oh, that's the problem with the unscripted format. I almost forgot the most interesting part of this. I almost missed it. So, First night in the hotel, right? I've been on the six, Mrs. T or G, or I've been on the eight, Mrs. T or G's been on the six, and all through Las Vegas, all through the whole process, she's just kind of been the sidekick. She's just kind of been the wingman. She has not been playing her own, like in blackjack, she plays her own game. She plays her own way. She makes her own bets. She does what she thinks makes sense. She doesn't always play the way I think she should play, and she works for her money. She is technically gambling her own bankroll. It is her business how she gambles her money. I am not the kind of guy that says, "Oh, you got to bet this, you got to bet this," and just makes her a robot. But at craft, particularly in Las Vegas, and as she's been learning the game, she kind of has been just a robot. So we get back to the hotel that that first night, that Saturday night, and uh, you know we're kind of wrapping things up, and she's having a glass of wine, and she says, "You know." You really should have had me on the five, not the six. And I think sometimes, particularly when the the you know Captain Captain Buzzcutt was shooting, he threw a lot of nines. I really think you aren't doing it right. And as we're talking through it and talking through it, I said, you know, you seem to really understand everything at this point. She goes, Well, I don't have any idea what all that hop and bop stuff is in the middle and isn't there a horn or something boring? Don't they say, let me, let me, let me have the born horn. And I just laughed. I said, no, none of that's right. And she goes, well, I don't know what any of that is. She goes, and I don't know what that all tall, small thing is that everybody's so excited about. She goes, but I I certainly understand how to make bets on the, 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 five, six, eight, and nine. And she goes, I know that I don't really care about making the pass line bet unless I'm shooting and that's fine. I understand that. I was like, you know, you understand it well enough. You can start making your own bet. I said, the problem with you having your own money and me having my own money is if we're both on the six and eight, we're just both winning or both losing the same. And that's fine if we're both winning, but it's no good if we're both losing. It's not like blackjack where you do your thing and I do mine. And maybe I win and you lose or vice versa. And we lift each other up or offset each other. And sometimes we both win. I said, the problem, if, we, if, if you're just going to make the same bets I'm making at craps, it just makes sense for us to do what we've been doing. And she said, okay, yeah, no, I get that. But I think there are a lot of times when I would be on different numbers than you're on. I don't think you're right to be on the six and the eight all the time. And I tried to explain to her at that moment, I said, but with the six and the eight, I have five ways on each number to win. So I have 10 ways to win versus six ways to lose. So I have a higher percentage chance of winning than I have of losing. And I said, but on the five and nine, there aren't as many ways to do that. You're taking increased risk. And she pointed out that she was taking increased risk, but she was betting less to win the same amount, which is true. I'm going to use $25 again as a unit size just to keep the math simple in my head. But the idea here is that if she's betting the six, she's betting $30 at a $25 minimum table. She's betting $30 to win 35 And if she's making a bet on the five, she's betting $25 to win $35. And I said, well, that's a great point, And I'd have to look at the math. But you understand it that well, there's no reason that you can't see if that works. There's no reason you can't try that. So the next night, the the night where we actually got along with uh, with Captain Buzzcut, the next night, I give her her own money, and said, you know, go ahead, try it out, do it the way you think makes sense. Let's see what happened. And we were there for hours, and we both won money on our craps play that night, and I I managed to win my, you know, use my six units to win six units. And she was sometimes on a number with me and on another number. We were never on two numbers at the same time. And it is a trivial sample size and it means nothing but full disclosure, Mrs. TRG won twice what I won that night doing her own thing. So that's the other interesting part of this craps journey is if you followed along all the way from the very beginning, and I know some of you have, and that's a very humbling experience for me. If you followed all the way along on this, my craps journey throughout this podcast, I started this podcast admitting I really knew nothing about craps, and the only way I knew how to play craps was both boring and expensive, and I hadn't done it in years. To Gabriel deciding it was a game he was going to be involved in, to me seeing some things from him about the game that I hadn't known from just computer simulation, to me learning a little bit about it, to now me really using it as, as a kind of regular part of what I do and starting to dial in a little bit and get focused, using that information to make our Las Vegas experiences more fun and to have more ways to play in Las Vegas and have the the risk The additional risk that we're taking offset by the additional rewards that we're getting on the comp side of things to Mrs. TRG understanding the game well enough through experience to decide that she might have a better way to go about it and us testing all that out. And that is quite an evolution. That is not an evolution that I planned when I started doing this podcast. That wasn't part of the mix, but it is now. And I'm starting to home in. I'm starting to refine what I do a little bit. I'm starting to make it align more with the core concepts. It's starting to be a fun way for Mrs. TRG and I to spend time in casinos, particularly casinos where we want to earn points and accelerate our points and where perhaps blackjack tables are limited or the people at the blackjack tables are not people we necessarily want to deal with uh, in a particular situation. So become a good part of it. Uh glad that I remembered to tell you about Mrs. TRG deciding she was ready to go off on her own. And I think that wraps up my uh, freestyle travel segment. Maybe I got to put some numbers around those next time. Give me your feedback on that. Let me know, squad, what you think. Inner Circle members, let me know how that all sounded. But I think that's it. We are going to meet up in the Virtual VIP Lounge in just a minute. I am sure it's going to be open. We are going to do that. And then we are going to wrap up this episode and uh, put that in the box and have T-Rex send it out to you. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment in gambling podcasting each and every episode, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, where we have the best of virtually everything, virtually all the time. We have cleaned up the holiday decorations. The sleigh is gone. The virtual VIP lounge is restored to its normal pristine and beautiful condition. We have all of your favorite adult beverages we have still in sparkling water. We have locally handcrafted artisanal soda and pop, of course. We have a wonderful selection of wines. And as an added bonus, we actually have some food in the virtual VIP lounge today. All of you have virtual food. I actually have a little snack here because it is early in the morning as I am doing this unscripted version of our Casino Combat podcast. So I have still water and a blueberry muffin to enjoy. No adult beverages today, and and that's fine. Uh, Just bottled water, and here we go. And I realized uh, kind of when I was packing that file up from the previous segment and sending it off t-rex that we did have news from around the casino combat galaxy last week and it was a note in the margins here and i missed it so this is going to kind of be a grab bag of a little bit but let me first share that with you obviously fathers are proud of their children in most cases and i'm very proud of all three of mine they have grown into amazing men my youngest one has built a very interesting and and lucrative company uh, build it from the ground up, build it with no help, particularly for me. Uh, he would tell you he had plenty of help from me that stories over the years have, have influenced how he built his company, and that's a wonderful compliment. But he built this company so that it's location neutral, so that he can run his business from anywhere he wants to run his business. And right now he is living in an Airbnb down near Atlanta, and he's he's met some other people that do what he do that live in the area and uh, he was hanging out with them last week, had some food with them, and they invited him to go play poker. And he's not a big gambler, mostly because he's too busy building a successful company. He's done a little gambling with me from time to time, but he's not a big gambler, and he's certainly not a poker player. And I've never taught him how to play poker, specifically. So he is the guy at the table of 15, 15-person 15 poker game. He's the person at the table of 15 who is asking all the questions, who actually needs his phone and Google to tell him the which hands are better and which hands are not. And it's a small stakes game. I think he told me the buy-in was $25 or something like that. And he's playing and he doesn't really understand, but he gets lucky in the first few hands and, and wins a nice pot. And now he's playing kind of from the front with house money. So even though he doesn't know what's going on, he can just keep throwing chips at things and hope good things work out. His part of the game went for about four hours. He really wasn't sure which chips were worth what. He was just kind of playing follow, follow along. You know, if he's going to bet, he just bet the same color chips and ask a lot of questions. And so they get the, they get to the end of the game and, uh, they're, they're, they're coloring things up and people are starting to go, you know, you really hustled us you gave us all this act about not knowing how to play um, and, and this and that. And then we get in the middle of the game and you tell us your dad's kind of a semi-professional gambler, but you got the phone and you don't know the hands and, and you took all our damn money. <laughs> His $25 buy-in, he won over $300 with beginner's luck. Uh, so, uh, they, they asked him to stick around again and he said it was after midnight and, and he'd be happy to come back and let them win some of their money in, in future weeks. But no, he was, he was going to head out and call it a night. So very nice little gambling win for the young squire playing his first serious poker and, and doing very, very well and, and getting lucky. And he knows that. Uh, as for the rest of this, uh, virtual VIP lounge segment, a couple of things. And, and, and the first one is, Something I missed last week that if... Uh, let me backtrack a little bit. This is what happens when we're unscripted. We get a little more rambling. If you're new, if you haven't been listening to a lot of these episodes, if, if you haven't heard me say this before, the re- part of the reason this is called the Virtual VIP Lounge and part of the reason this is almost always how we end things is that I really enjoy one of my favorite things historically. It's not as possible right now still. A lot of them haven't reopened. But historically, one of my favorite things to do on a casino visit or a casino trip is to hang out in the VIP lounge. It usually takes a third tier or a fourth tier card to get into those. But I love hanging out in VIP lounges in real life and and having a couple drinks and maybe having a snack as I'm doing today with this wonderful blueberry muffin and 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 meeting new friends and and running into old friends and we end up sitting around and having some cocktails and and swapping stories. And and that happens in those bars even if they're regular casino bars, more than they happen in other bars, because everybody there has one thing that they're pretty sure they have in common, and that is that they like casinos and or casino gambling. And so I really do this segment to recreate that sense of telling stories, that sense of being with other gamblers and and talking about things that have been going on recently. And I realized that I left something out of the Las Vegas trip rundown when I was hearing Mrs. TRG tell her sister uh, about our trip. And it is exactly the kind of story that I would tell in a VIP lounge. It is exactly the kind of thing I would share back from Las Vegas with somebody maybe I knew locally at my local casino when they say, oh, hey, how's your trip to Las Vegas? And so I wanted to kind of communicate that out into the universe, into the casino combat galaxy, I should say. Uh, I wanted to share that with all of you. And so if you recall, if you listened to the last episode, we had a, a late flight. We had a red-eye flight out of Las Vegas and full transparency because that's what I always try to do. And if you see this as a bad character flaw, well, heroes and crooks. Dozens of books about heroes and crooks. I tend to think it was a pretty smart way to go. But we've got this red-eye flight. We kept the hotel room an extra night so that we could get packed up at the end of a, a nice day in Las Vegas, change into some travel clothes, and we we finished up the the last little bits of uh, of adult beverages that were left from the trip and from New Year's Eve the night before. We, we each had a couple drinks to to kind of finish that out and throw those in the trash can. Clean up the hotel room. We uh, we we get in our Tesla Town car. We head to the airport. We get through this through security, and the plan is as I'm sure some of you do, and I'm sure some of you frown on. The plan is get as close to the gate as possible, find a bar, and slam down two or three strong drinks so that we get on the plane and we go to sleep and we wake up at home having flown all night. That's the plan. And we know the airport well. We get quickly through security. We find our way down to the gate. And the bar that had been open for to-go drinks when I was there in October... Is closed and the restaurant across the aisle from it is closed. Now, this is Las Vegas airport on a Saturday night at nine o'clock. I don't know if they're trying to cut down on the drinking, that's not normally what Vegas is all about, but maybe that's where they were at. I don't know if they were short staffed because there'd been a Omicron surge or whatever. I don't know if people called in sick because they partied too hard the night before, but basically, everything in the concourse that serves. Any food or beverages is closed, and most of the shopping is closed. Not that that matters. There's a Hudson News or whatever that airport news thing is, but they have no—they have soft drinks. They have no quote hard drinks, no adult beverages, and so we're like, okay, fine. Let's let's take a little walk. We got plenty of time. We got almost an hour and forty-five minutes before our flight. Everything's closed. We stop and talk to a security officer, and he says, "Oh, I think the Chile's down at, at the end of Concourse, whatever. I think they're open. I think you can get some beers there." So we're like, okay, okay, fine. So we get to there and we see this huge line and we check and yeah, they they do have beers and somebody in line in front of us says, boy, this line's been moving slow, but I can't find any place to get a drink. But I hear they're going to limit us to two beers each. And well, that's fine, whatever. Neither of us are particularly at this point in our lives, big beer drinkers. We're no longer in college (laughs) by a long shot. And we're waiting in line, and we're waiting in line, and we're waiting in line. And I'm going, yeah, this just isn't going to work. This this is just not going to work. By the time we get through this line, going back to college days and just chugging two beers isn't going to work for me. And so Mrs. TRG finds a different security officer, and he says, well, I think, I think the bar down at Ruby's Diner is open. Now, if you don't know, Ruby's Diner is at the top of the escalators in one of the, the main terminals. Uh, it's an old schooly kind of diner. It's been there for years. Great place for breakfast. Great place for, for, for a sandwich or a snack. And we'd walked by and the line there was huge. And we, to the best of our knowledge, having eaten there several times, didn't recall them ever having adult beverages on the menu. But we have to go back by it anyway to get back to our terminal or back to our gate. So we're either going back to the gate or we're going to confirm that Ruby's Diner does in fact have a bar. And we get there and we look, you know, we kind of sneak past the line just to take a look inside and see what things look like. And we see no bar and we see nothing on the menu. It's just a walk up, place your order, wait for your order kind of cafeteria style place. And we see nothing on the menu board. And so, okay, the security guard was wrong. And as we walk out, we see that in a, like kind of dark, it's kind of shady looking, but kind of on the backside, if you will, kind of around the corner on the back of Ruby's. There is a little bar with four stools and a railing and then, like, four high-top tables. And the line there is incredibly long. And the young man in front of us in the line says he's been waiting about 35 minutes. He's hoping he can get something to eat. He's really hungry. He's got to get some food before he gets on a plane. And he's flying somewhere very far away. He's got a very, very long all-night flight. He really wants some food. And as we're standing there and waiting, I realize that there is a sign taped to the brass rail at the very end of the bar at a walk-up station that says to-go cups. Perfect. So I leave Mrs. TRG in line in case the, mistake, the, the, the sign is mistaken or they're not doing that. And I go up to the bartender and he asks me what I want. And I order two drinks for myself and my wife. And he looks at me and he goes, because I ordered two doubles. And he goes, are you with someone? And I said, oh yeah, I'm with my wife right there. And he goes, Okay, well, I need her to come over here. And I said, okay, fine. So she comes over. He, he follows the rules and he serves us two drinks. And we managed to get one. of the only available high-top table there beside the bar. There's four of them. Three are full. We catch one of them. We have our drinks. And I'm not going to say enjoy our drinks because... Yeah, we were trying to make sure we were going to nod off on the plane pretty quickly. And time is running short. So we, we, we enjoyed those drinks, but we enjoyed them quickly. That's the best way to say that and share that story. And, uh, I went, I told my wife, I said, hopefully you can h- stay and hold this table. If not, I'll go get one drink. You can go get one drink. And so I go to the bartender and I say, do you remember me and my wife? She's right over there. And she waves. And he goes, yeah. And I said, do you want me to send her over for her drink or do you want to pour both drinks? And he goes, I'm busy. I'll just pour both drinks. Don't turn me in. I was like, yeah, we're fine. Uh, so we finished our drinks. Everything worked out. We got on the plane. Uh, and I should have shared that last week. Somehow it just slipped my mind. But it is, it is a VIP lounge story. Uh, it's something I shared with Gabriel after the fact. It, it, it'll be one of those things that for years, somebody will mention the airport in Las Vegas. And I'll pull that one out and, and share that. But the big story, the main thing I wanted to share with you is the last time that we were at Mandalay Bay and saw Terry Fader. And, and it's a fun story. It does somewhat show how casinos in Las Vegas infected my children's lives at a very, very young age. So, you know, the, the TRG story to tell the story about the story he's going to tell, right? It's, it's a character flaw, I guess it is who i am it is the rambling part of the rambling gambler we took the children to las vegas when they were when they were relatively young you know i think my i think my youngest was uh, just in kindergarten and we took them before christmas because we knew it was a slow time of the year and and we wanted to show them las vegas uh, all set up for christmas and we did all the the kid stuff we saw the the magician and the tigers and we went to the, the nuclear testing museum. And we, uh, I'll never forget that first that trip when they were young. We were staying at the Flamingo and we took them to the buffet. And as we walked into the buffet, there was a, uh, a milkshake station immediately to the right. And the kids said, well, what's that? And we said, oh, that's the milkshake station. And they said, well, now we can't have those for breakfast. And my wife and I looked at them and said, you're on vacation in Las Vegas. You could have milkshakes for breakfast if you want. So they thought that was absolutely great. Um, and then one of the other things that we did, and it's relevant to the rest of the story, the one of the other things we did on this trip when they were really little is we rolled a bunch of the roller coasters, a bunch of the the thrill rides. We took them to the Adventure Dome at Circus Circus. As I said, it was a kids' trip in Las Vegas, and we went. And at the time, the Sahara had a looping coaster in front of it and a NASCAR cafe. And we went to the NASCAR cafe and had some lunch and we went up to ride the roller coaster and my youngest son was not tall enough, the young squire was not tall enough to ride the roller coaster. And I told him at the time, we'll be back to Vegas plenty of times, you'll you'll get a chance to ride this roller coaster, you just can't ride it today. Fine, fast forward. The, uh, the, the Great Recession happens in the United States, the, the market crashes because of the real estate bubble, and... It's summertime, and we are planning a family vacation. Mrs. TrG and I are planning a family vacation, either to Ocean City, Maryland, or to Universal Studios. Both places that we really enjoy as a family. Obviously, places that have nothing to do with gambling. And so that's the vacation outline, if you will. And it's it's uh, it's early spring, and I get a mailer from Mandalay Bay offering me uh, three free nights. 4th of July weekend and tickets to see the All-American Rejects. I think that's the right name. Um, If I missed that one, I apologize. They're the ones that did Dirty Little Secrets. They had a couple hits and, and I don't think anyone's heard of them since. But they were very popular at the time. And so I'm looking through the mail and I remark to my wife, wow, the recession really must have hit Vegas hard We haven't been to Mandalay Bay in four or five years. We've never really gotten comped there. They're willing to comp us Friday, Saturday, Sunday on a holiday weekend for 4th of July. So the conversation is not about going. The conversation is about the recession and the fact that Mandalay Bay needs guests so much that they're willing to comp relatively low-level players a holiday weekend and concert tickets. That's the conversation from the adult point of view. So a couple weeks later, we're having family dinner and we're talking and we're saying, "Hey kids, you know, what do you think? Would you prefer? You've been both places. Would you prefer Ocean City or Universal Studios?" And my oldest son, the heir to the throne, says, "I thought we were going to Las Vegas to see the concert." I'm like, "No, no. I, we were just talking about the fact that they that they offered us the free rooms and the tickets, but no. And we just thought we, you know, we like Ocean City, Maryland. We like." universal studios we thought we'd go do that we thought that'd be a fun family vacation and the conversation went on and wound around as family conversations do no decision was reached a few weeks later same kind of thing and my middle son the mad scientist says dad we've been talking we don't understand why you won't let us go to las vegas we don't understand why you won't take us to this concert is it more expensive to go to las vegas than it is to go to universal studios and I say, no, it's more expensive to go to Universal Studios. I've got to buy the show tickets. i got to pay for all the hotel rooms. And now my oldest son goes, then we don't understand why you won't let us go to Las Vegas. I want to see fireworks someplace other than here at home. I've never done that. I want to see this concert. And my youngest son jumps in and he goes, and you promised to take me on that roller coaster. <laughs> I didn't even realize he'd remembered that. They're like, Why won't you take us to Las Vegas? And I'm like, guys, you're not old enough to gamble. And the two of you that are older are old enough to know you're not old enough to gamble. And you're not old enough to drink. And it's going to be a holiday weekend. The town is going to be full of people from California who are old enough to drink and gamble. I don't understand why you want to do this. And they're like... That's where we want to spend the family vacation. We want to spend the family vacation in Las Vegas. We have things there we want to do. We want to see this concert. We want to see fireworks someplace else. And, and you know, we want to ride the roller coaster again. So I'm like, okay, guys, fine. Cool. That's what we'll do. So we check into Mandalay Bay for a few days. And we go see the concert. And, and, and we hang out there. We love the swimming pool there. We have a great time. We do something that I had learned to do, which is we break up the vacation and get some additional little comp benefits. We got a little bit of a room discount at the Flamingo. So different pools, different restaurants, different meals. And uh, Terry Fader had just recently won America's Got Talent, the TV show uh, just recently. The kids were aware of him as a performer. So we went over to the Mirage where he was performing. Great, big, huge showroom. And and that's kind of why I wanted to tell this story today because it parallels both Mandalay Bay and Terry Fader and, and all those types of things. Some fun stories about my kids. One of the things I always used trips like that for as a parent was I always had some things I wanted to teach. And one of the things that I was trying to teach them with that visit was I put all of them on the hotel room. And that, because they had their own room, we had our own room, and that gave them cards with their name and their room number on it. And I was trying to explain to them that they were all old enough that they didn't need to come find me or mom at the pool. They didn't need to have me or mom's permission at night to go to the gift shop and get a snack or a soda or a juice or a smoothie. That they were old enough now, if we're all at the pool together and they wanted chicken fingers to just go to, the, go to the snack bar and show their card. And I wanted them to learn how to charge things to a room. I wanted them to learn how to function as, as in resorts. And I did that because no one ever taught me that. I had to figure that out as an adult. And not like it's hard, but I just I wanted to teach and make the vacation partly educational. <laughs> Maybe that's a flaw as a parent. So I'd been teaching them they could just charge stuff to the room. And I was also teaching them on that trip how to tip and, and make sure they understood how that worked and how to do that and function as adults. So we go see Terry Fader. This is where it all comes together. We go to see Terry Fader. And my wife and I decide that we'd like a drink to go in. And the kids say, no, they're fine. They don't need anything. And so when I go up to get the cocktails, it's a, a regular and a large, which is to say a single pour in an eight ounce glass, or I think it was a triple pour in a 32 ounce glass, like a, a big gulp or something like that. And price wise, one was not double. Uh, the triple was not even double the price of a, of a single. So I order the, the big glasses of, of, of liquor and soda. And as I come back, the the young squire looks at me and goes, well, you had to get the big drinks. And I said, hey, hey, it's Vegas. Go big or go home, right? And just laughed it off, whatever. We enjoy the show. We have a great time. Terry Fader does a great job. We go back to the hotel and the young squire says, hey, dad, I'm going to, can we wait real quick here as a, as a group? I'm going to go grab a, a snack and a drink. And and I think the other kids decide they were going to get something too. And I'm thrilled because this is part of what I've been trying to teach them is they can be independent from us. And not need money from us and make their own decisions. They're old enough for that. And uh, so the kids come back and and everything looks normal except my youngest son has like a, a bag of chips and a two liter of root beer. And so I looked at him and I went, you're going to drink two liters of root beer before bed? And he goes, sure, it's Vegas, dad. Go big or go home. <laughs> um. So he obviously learned the lesson I was trying to teach and maybe one I didn't intend to teach. Uh, But that was fun. I, I, I appreciated that he had uh, learned at a young age how to be independent and charge things to his room. And certainly I had, I had bought the big gulp adult beverage. I couldn't chastise him for buying a two liter of root beer. One of my favorite VIP lounge stories. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. I appreciate all of you being here. Um, shoot, what is it I'm supposed to? Oh, tip your dealers, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders. If you have a host, tip your host. Remember your casino wisdoms. Don't tip away your wins. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. Everything I told you here is true. Oh, that's not it at all. It's I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. Love it, hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. I'm sure I twisted that around a little bit. Thanks for listening, everybody.